Well, I guess you could call this an unexpected part two of a two-part episode in which part one is what I originally thought was going to be the last episode of Pastor With No Answer. So let me break down what's been happening in my mind the past month or so. So I really enjoy podcasting and have been doing it for years, even picked up an enjoyment for post-production, editing, mixing. I do all this stuff for my church's podcast in which producing, writing, and hosting is the majority of my role there. So back in summer of 22, in order to do my job more effectively, I flew down to Boca to get a weekend of edit training from my brother. So a lot of you may remember that in the early days of Password No Answers, doing this podcast was so easy. I captured content, gave my brother some instructions, and the rest was history, thanks to an awesome brother. He used to host the show, so he felt some ownership and enjoyed getting that content ready for release. But once I learned how to edit, I couldn't help but to take the reins. My brother never told me no over the years, but I still hesitated to be excessive with the types and volumes of complex edit requests for the shows. So I started doing all the editing. This way I could do exactly what I wanted, guilt-free, I guess you could say. And I really enjoyed it. And this turned into a desire to only release episodes that was exactly how I wanted them. I even started being meticulous with tons of edits to the actual conversation for a smoother listen. So you could say, if I released the episode, I was satisfied. It's exactly how I wanted it to sound. So this mentality served me well, actually, because little did I know, right around the corner, I'd accept that new role at the church in which the circumstances there warranted all this detailed attention. But doing it this way for PWNA, soon I realized it was taking more time and energy that I wanted to commit to in my current stage of life. And what I do a lot for hobby started being a drainer instead of a filler. I think that I also let these more thorough products of episodes, they became an imaginary expectation that I thought my listeners had, which is stupid. But lastly, considering that in 2024, each of my four kids will be graduating from high school every two years. This is a season in which I want way more time with them. So when I made the decision to stop PWNA, I did it abruptly. The last episode, I got it out hours after I had decided. Even though I was convinced it being the right move, this tendency to haste has always been a weakness for me. But man, it was nice. Oh, so nice so much more free time. But the margin of time got the wheels turning on the big picture since my mind wasn't occupied on the day-to-day grind of producing a podcast every week. And I realized that it wasn't podcasting that was zapping me, it was how I did it. And then when I got a picture in my head of how I wanted to podcast from here on out, I realized it would again be fulfilling and fun again, mainly because of the significantly less time and energy this new season of podcasting will entail. And I'll tell you why here in a second. But I also, I I really enjoy podcasting. That's never changed. So one of the things I did miss a lot when I quit this not being a positive, I had just started podcasting more consistently with a crew of people I really love, respect, and enjoy talking to. Some of them, my very best friends. And this was fun, man. We were having fun. I hated for that to end. So getting back on the pastor with no answer saddle, a lot is different and I'm excited. This new season will have a lot more of my friends, a great deal of the content I won't even have anything to do with. Like, for example, I think Hayne, who is more Rob Bell in his theology, is going to record a lot with Amy, who's a bit more traditional in her views. With most stuff, Liz and her wife, Alex, are going to share their lives with us, including their coming together as a lesbian couple, still very much so Christian, and how these circumstances play out in the Deep South, especially with Liz's former ties to evangelicalism. And this means more content and less time and energy spent by me. The other changes going forward is a 
mentality shift for me. And as I explain, you'll see some long overdue maturing that I've done in some areas. So with the podcast from now on, I'll only do what's fun for me, which doesn't include all the extra post-production and editing. And the people who enjoy the podcast and now maybe just certain voices on this multi-feed of a podcast are the very ones this podcast is for. So essentially the listeners will listen because they want to hear what we already want to do. It's a good match. Instead of any inkling at all of doing things how I think people would enjoy it most. Simple concept for most of you, but like I said, it took some maturing late in the game for me to get there. So my 80s and 90s crew, you'll feel me on this. Y'all remember the marvelous assortment of emotions that was possible on mixtapes and the pride you took in your friend enjoying listening to this mixtape of songs and all the heart and soul you put into this collaboration? Well, that's what I want to do now with this podcast. Now, typical conversations, sometimes still with guests, conversations you've come Come to know as Pastor With No Answers podcast, but also, hey, here's my friends. Here's what they say and do outside of spaces in which I'm fostering a specific conversation. I think we may even call it PWNA, the mixtape, but we'll see. We'll also have fun with the exclusive feed for supporters still. My brother and I just talked music on it the other day. His favorite band this month is Narrowhead. Remember that shoegaze grunge sound of the 90s? Like that band Hum? Man, Narrowhead is good. And I picked some weenie indie pop band. It's a new album. It's a band called Tennis. I guess my brother is like more badass that I love that tennis album. A therapist friend of mine is walking us through the importance of self-love and I'm babbling on that exclusive feed about marriage, parenting, and faith stuff. There'll be a lot of stuff on there. So yeah, super excited to be kicking things back up and making podcasting for me fun again. I love you. Let me tell you about my friends. So I love Matt Oxley. He almost didn't join PWNA community years ago because he, let's just say, hasn't been a big hit in past Christian communities he's tried to engage in. Not sure if this is a Christian community since some involved believe no longer, but faith is a huge common denominator for the majority of folks, even if it's some former connection with Christianity, which is common ground for Matt having been the most Christian-y as they come and really dedicated back in the day. I think I've told you before, I have the curse that that's all I can really think about. There's always some part of my attention going to the idea of God and has been since I was like 13 and I can't turn it off. So I just engage with it in the healthiest way I know how. And I guess that's with you right now. So I'm a hardcore (laughs) gospel lover. I do love the gospel. I just think we get it wrong. Here's Liz Miller recounting a sweet story about her breaking some important news to her dad. And when I told him I was dating a woman and I explained to him my process because I can't expect him to jump on my train where I'm at. He's going to jump on at the beginning. So I tried to give him a little bit of the story. I was so, so scared, so, so scared to tell him. I actually emailed him. I couldn't even do it face to face. When he wrote me back, I have, I like fell to my knees and just cried because he was like, I am so sorry that you felt like you had to wait that long to tell me. And I'm so sorry that you were worried. I love you so much. And I'm just so happy for you. I would have never thought that he would have done that. And my mom even jokes, she's like, Hey, if your dad's cool with it, 
It can happen to anybody. So I guess you could say Liz may be my bestie out of all these besties. <laughs> Priscilla and I were heading in that direction with her and her husband before Joshua was killed in a wreck. Now, obviously, Liz was the main sufferer, but we loved him too. But way fiercer was our love for her at the time, seeing someone we love so much grieve so deeply. I guess when you do all that deep emotional shit for years, uniquely strong bonds are made. So fast forward 11 years and now we love us some Alex. And I was thinking it's about time Liz is married to someone we actually get to know at a much deeper level. I mean, for me, it was like, hey, this is my friend Joshua, new friend. We're getting close, hanging out more and more. And now he's dead. The end of that friendship. Ellen is taking a bit of a hiatus, hiatus, is it? that we're respecting and also crossing our fingers. It comes to a close sooner than later. Just selfishly, we obviously want her to live her damn life how she wants to. I mean, if she's doing things that are good for her, whatever, you know what I mean. But I think her and I, as far as it comes to podcasting, create a unique vibe that is only in gear when her and I are on the waves together. It's probably because that has been our only point of contact. <laughs> that crazy? Outside of a good bit of texting and a few phone conversations, we've only gotten to know each other when podcasting. And no offense to either of us, but I don't think we were lacking in the close friends department. Not like we needed an extra friend. Now here we are. We've gotten to know each other and become friends and the whole journey is in aired podcast episodes. Can't tell you how many listeners have remarked on how their favorite moments of this podcast are when Ellen grills me, calls me out on my itish. I reckon I concur fun times indeed. I consider myself to have a consistent life ethic, and I am happy to say that when there's a gray area, I am comfortable saying I don't know. I believe that nobody wants abortion to be a necessity for anybody. Politically conservative people could figure out that they actually have the tools to get rid of abortion other than making it illegal, creating support for women who think they need abortion, you know. But now I consider myself to be pro-choice politically, but very anti-abortion ethically. It's nuanced as shit in here, <laughs> man. Hey, get this. As I was writing all this stuff about my crew, I also realized something that I'm not proud of in my other state of mind before quitting the podcast. I probably would have decided against talking this deeply and this long about my friends. Oh, for whatever dumb reason my brain would suggest at the time, maybe listeners thinking like, oh, Joey, you think you're a celebrity that we're so intrigued by everything revolving around you, including all these sentiments about your friends? Isn't that twisted? Like I'm a little punk ass, you know what, to have an impulse like that. I think it's twisted, but live and learn. So I enjoy talking about my friends, so I'll continue. Robbie Madison, it's funny when you're older how time feels so fast. Sometimes I think of Robbie as a new friend, and he's been one of my closest friends now for seven years. I mean, Prince died seven years ago. It's a long time ago. If you're evangelicaled up like me, that's one whole tribulation. Like, we're in heaven now. <laughs> I think it's safe to say that Robbie knows more 
about Deep Joey than any of these others. Like most of them know Deep Joey, but there's likely some things that only Robbie knows. Maybe some things Priscilla doesn't even know. I don't recall the details. I just know we've gone places a few times. And Priscilla's cool with that. She loves Robbie too. It's not like it's romantic. And we're so different from each other and we love each other so much. You ever seen that movie, The Green Book? That's what it feels like sometimes. Robbie all smart and artistic, except I'm not a racist. I'm not a big person of conflict. I'm a pretty peaceful person. If I was to put Martin Luther King and Malcolm X together on, on a table, I would go with Martin Luther King. That's just kind of my personality. We're talking about this because he did it. One of my buddies was like, I just don't think that we're supposed to be like out there, loud activists and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, that's my personality. Yeah, to not be out there loud and boisterous. But I am grateful for those who are because it opens up these conversations. Amy's mind plays tricks on her, so we share anxiety challenges, but she has it way worse than me. It's very normal for one of us to ask the other, hey, how's your anxiety? But check this out, partly, probably because of this anxiety, she legit will occasionally think that she's annoying to me or that I think ill of her. And she's the absolute most fun to be around. And as an introvert, if I couldn't retreat by myself, Amy and her husband, Dick, would be people whose presence is calming to me. Or as an introvert, I'll say there's some people I love deeply, and then there's some people I love deeply and can spend over two hours with with ease. Her husband's name's Dick. <laughs> at dinner the other night, Amy was pretending to be mad at me, you know, not my friend sort of thing, and I fist bumped her husband saying, at least I still have my dick. <laughs> Isn't it the things that we don't talk about end up having like all this weight, but if we would just talk about being gay, straight, trans, bi, it wouldn't be such a big deal. It's really interesting that you can grab a handful of people from different backgrounds and different places and like put them together and and say like let's just talk about this subject and just see where it goes mm -hmm. and i love that all three of us can say it's wrong to marginalize anybody for any reason the length of your hair the clothes that you wear how we're the perfect pair it's just not fair Hain and I have gotten super close, super fast. The irony is that our only connection point prior to becoming really close friends was Matt Carter. Most of y'all know who he is, bad Christian and all. They were childhood friends. They still are today. I think there are a lot of good-hearted people who truly care about others, but I feel like Hain's empathy goes deeper. He's also one of a few spiritual twins I have in my life. I think we see things very similarly, but traditionalists would say Hain's a bit further out there. At least that's what I think, which means if all this deconstruction stuff is wrong, hell's going to be a lot harder for him than it will be for me. Everything best is done in relationship. And I mean that in, if you're pissed and angry and you need to let somebody have it. And when we do that in relationship with a face-to-face -face connection, it's always going to hopefully be better in the long run than just hiding behind keyboards. And I feel like that there's just such a break in relationship in general, whether it's this topic, whether whatever it is, Democrats, Republicans, abortion, pro-life, pro-choice. No one is interested in having a relationship to understand the other person or is interested in being angry face to face with somebody and, and to do that in relationship oh, I can't get enough of your life. so out of all these guys 
Stoy is my oldest friend. We were buddies as kids, but now we're grown men and becoming friends. I reached out recently to him and our other childhood friend, Hype, to reminisce the late 80s, early 90s on the podcast. I had gotten to think as I was getting older, I wonder how different their lives as black kids were different than mine growing up in the same town because we weren't really interested to have any focus on that kind of conversation back in the day we were just kids so two stories that he won't believe i remember my memory is bizarre sometimes i'll admit i obviously don't have detailed recollections of hardly anything in the fourth grade the general stuff i have down i mean i was new to the school away from all my relationships and surroundings i had gotten used to over the past four years and i want to say that interactions like this with Stoy happened because he sniffed my lonely situation out, but it was probably just Stoy being Stoy. So early on in the fourth grade, he came up to me and said, hey, your name Joy, my name Stoy. <laughs> and it's, it's funny, white people would say, no, it's Joey, as many of them would call him Stoey when his daggum name is Stoy. The other time, I don't know why I remember, we were sitting lined up with our peers, backs against the wall, listening to our PE teacher. You know how when your feet are planted on the ground, you could shake your legs back and forth and those loose calf muscles would jiggle? Well, he was entertaining himself doing that and he nudged me to get my attention, pointing to what he was doing and gave me the biggest smile ever. He thought it was the funniest thing and he wanted to let me in on the fun. Here's a clip of him recounting the first time he saw this girl at high school. He heard tons of rumors, but hadn't seen her for himself. It's funny because who he's talking about was my next door neighbor for years up until a few years ago. This is classic story. And when she walked in there, I said, that's her right there. And I, and I, y- y'all don't understand how story was. Soon as she sat down, I pulled my chair right next to her. <laughs> I pulled up a chair right next to her and I said, girl, you are beautiful. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe how pretty that girl was. You know, I used to get freaked out about eternity thinking, how could this not be hell eventually? And, and even then, I think the high that I felt pales, pales in comparison. That's probably not even a good comparison. It's probably nothing compared to what a, what a, a heaven Edenic state would feel like. But I have had those moments where I'm like, if this is what eternity is like, sign me the f- up because this is perfect. So Jed and I really haven't talked tons, but out of the conversations we've had, some have been very heavy and very deep. So if we share the life experience of having a more chronic form of depression. We get each other when you jokers think we're irrational. And you're right, but we get why and how we buy into the irrational. And it's cool to have him around, too. Kind of strokes my ego. He thought I was really awesome in the bad Christian days, but Jed gave it some time and found out otherwise. (laughs) One time, Jed released content of a conversation we had together. There were weird circumstances, not going to get into it, but I was devastated that he released it when he did. Didn't know he was going to do it. It It's just a big miscommunication. But I sent him a very direct text about my feelings, my words coming from a guy freshly entering a mental health crisis back in 2019. He wasn't aware of my state of mind, I don't think. And little did I know, he was in a painful place with his mental health, and my being upset sure didn't help him one bit either. We laugh about it now, but oh man, I love me some Jed. So Pastor With No Answers and Friends, the mixtape, coming soon.